Welcome to the Rainier View Christian Church Podcast, where we invite you to pursue God, engage in community, and make a difference. Hi, Rainier View. My name is Dave Atkin, and my wife Brenda and I are new to the Washington area. We're preparing to launch a new church with the CEA this October called 542 Community, uh, just up the road in the Kent Valley. Now, as we prepare to launch, the fine folks here at Rainier View invited me to share a few times over the summer with you. And so we're excited to get to hang out with both the Parkland campus and the Graham campus. And now it's my pleasure to talk to you folks uh, also online. Now, our summer series is Navigating a Polarized World. And it comes from the New Testament letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches in the region of Galatia back in the first century AD, when Rome was ruling the entire uh, ancient world, right? But the good news, despite Roman pressure, Uh, The good news was actually turning the world upside down. Now, don't believe for a second that what the Apostle Paul wrote uh, to the church at Galatia somehow doesn't apply to us, that it's ancient history, uh, antiquated or unnecessary. I believe that to survive and thrive in a very polarized world that we live in, uh, we absolutely need uh, the help Uh, of Jesus. And so Jesus ascended to the right hand of the throne of God and is with the heavenly father. And so as as he left us, he didn't leave us hanging. He said that he was going to send us the Holy Spirit and he gives the Holy Spirit to those who will follow after him. And what will the outcome be of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we navigate this polarized world? Well, we'll see that the Holy Spirit Uh, in the follower of Jesus, produces what uh, the Apostle Paul called the fruit of the Spirit. And if it was desperately needed back then, how much more desperately do we need it today? So the fruit, or if you will, the virtues that we're going to talk about uh, over this series, navigating this polarized world that we live in, these virtues that we're going to talk about, uh, well, uh, you can't put a price tag on them. Right. And so I'm calling this one today priceless peace. All right. So first, let's read uh, what the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians chapter five, beginning in verse 22. All right. Verses 22 and 23. If you want, open up your Bibles right now. So anyway, in Galatians five, chapter uh, chapter five, verses 22 and 23, the Apostle Paul writes this. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. I love this. I absolutely love it. Uh, Now, is it just me or does it seem like all of these virtues that we talked about uh, included, included in the fruit of the Spirit, Uh, Of all of these virtues, peace is the one that seems to completely have disappeared from our world and from our nation, from our communities, from our politics, from uh, and in the midst of a pandemic, from our homes to our hearts, it seems like instead of peace, we see chaos and anxiety uh, ruling the day. 
Now, I know that we're online and, and uh, I can't see you, but hey, raise your hand if you've experienced a little bit of that chaos and a little bit of that anxiety uh, that, that seems to be ruling the day. <laughs> Notice that my hand is raised with you. And, and we've all been there, my wife and I uh, included. And in the midst of the pandemic, we said goodbye to our loved ones back east and we moved 2,500 miles uh, to South Seattle. And I'm like, wow, I can't, still can't believe uh, we did that in the midst of the pandemic. Have you ever tried to buy a house here in the Pacific Northwest? Yes, we've certainly experienced our share of, of anxious moments uh, during this pandemic. So here we go, all right? Uh, and maybe you're asking, well, where do we go from here? But uh, I love a good story. Okay, and so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna share a story this morning. And I really hope that as we share this story that, that on some level uh, it really speaks to you, it really relates to you. The story is found in the book of Acts, which is the story of the early church, uh, Acts chapter 12. And feel free to turn to it. And what, I, what I'm going to try to do is I'm just going to try to share the story with you this morning. And it's my hope that you'll remember the story uh, and that you'll be able to share it with somebody else who may need to hear it at some point. So first, a little bit of context about the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the story of how the church took off in the first century from Jerusalem, starting in Jerusalem, throughout the region of Judea, and then into Samaria, and then spreading throughout the entire Mediterranean Roman world. There were 3,000 on the very first day who accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and were baptized. And soon uh, there were over 5,000. And it says a large number of priests who were the religious, uh, some of the religious leaders of the day uh, became, accepted Jesus as Savior. And then after that, they just stopped counting. The number of disciples was increasing so rapidly. So the church grew rapidly. But yet the political climate of Judea at that time was definitely anti-Christian. Uh, many of those who had taken part in the crucifixion of Jesus didn't appreciate the message that the apostles were preaching. That is, that they had crucified the Son of God who was the true King of Kings. And especially a guy named King Herod. Now, this same King Herod is the guy who chopped off the head of John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was the one that God sent to prepare the way for Jesus. Uh, you've heard the expression, delivered up somebody's head on a silver platter. Well, that was King Herod. Uh, he had the head of John the Baptist uh, severed from his body, and it was delivered to him on a silver platter. So, we pick up Acts chapter 12, and we see that King Herod arrested one of the apostles. There were 12 apostles. One of them was the apostle James. Now, you may be familiar with him. His brother was the apostle John, the one who wrote the Gospel of John, also wrote uh, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Revelation. But anyway, uh, Herod, King Herod, arrested James, and in, in Acts chapter 12, uh, it says that uh, Herod had James put to death with the sword. 
And so this pleased the Jews. And so King Herod was excited about that, that, that somebody actually liked something that he did. So he said, well, let's go after Simon Peter next. And so they arrested Simon Peter uh, during a, just before a Jewish feast. And so they put him in prison and it was their plan to bring him out after the feast and try him and sentence him and execute him uh, right after the feast was over. So the church gathered together to pray earnestly for Peter. Meanwhile, Peter was in prison and he was guarded by four squads of soldiers in the inside of the prison. And so uh, the, these soldiers were assigned to guard this high value target, right? And he, Peter was in the middle of the prison. He was bound with chains. He was behind iron doors. And of course, there were soldiers at each of the, all the doors, uh, all the way to the outside of the prison. And so Peter is bound with these chains between soldiers, uh, guarding him uh, until he is tried and executed. So the night before Peter was supposed to be brought out to be tried, sentenced, and executed, and remember, the church is all gathered together praying, for, for, praying to God for Peter, right? Uh, now, in the prison, Peter, he was wide awake. He was absolutely frantic. He was absolutely terrified, panic-stricken over what was about to take place. He knew that the very next morning he was going to die. <laughs> Do you think that's what happened? <laughs> no. No, it isn't. That's not true at all. Acts chapter 12 tells us that the night before uh, he was about to be executed, Peter was sound asleep in the prison. But then in the midst of, uh, of, of his sleep, sound asleep, uh, God, God sent an angel. And, and so the angel comes into the cell where Peter is. The, the chains that were on Peter's wrist, on his, on his, on his feet, they all just fall, fall away. And then uh, Peter, the, the angel tells Peter, get up, get up and put on your, has to tell him to do everything, like put on your cloak and put your clothes on, put your robe on. And, and so it helps Peter get dressed and then uh, begins to escort, this angel begins to escort Peter outside of the prison. They go through the first door and then they go through the big iron gate, the outer door, and just right out of the prison as if they were, um, you know, like ghosts or something, right? So they walked a full city block before Peter realized that he wasn't sleepwalking <laughs> and he wasn't dreaming. And, and so Peter uh, miraculously escaped Herod's clutches, right? So Peter goes to one of the gatherings of the church where they were gathered together to pray. And of course, they were ecstatic about Peter's great escape, all right? So as for King Herod, let me just close with him uh, about this story. Shortly after this event, let's just say Herod died a very painful death. And right now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, that's a great story, Dave, but what in the world does it have to do with priceless peace, that priceless peace that you mentioned? Well, I hope we're going to see a few things today. And one of them is that true peace is not just the absence of calm before a storm, but what Jesus offers is peace in the midst of the storm. Okay, so let's attempt to answer four questions this morning. 
uh, about priceless peace and, and basically use this story as a case study um, about peace, all right? So number one, here's the first question, where does peace come from? Number two, where does peace focus our attention? Number three, how do you keep peace? And then number four, what does peace produce? All right, so the first question, where does peace come from? Now, where can we buy peace? Uh, do, you sell, do they sell it at Walmart, right? Uh, can you uh, order it off of Amazon? Can you buy shares of it on the stock market? Do you inherit it from your parents or, or do your friends have it on social media? Well, if not these, then where does it come from? From whom can we find this priceless peace? Well, let's ask Peter. All right, let's ask Peter. If you were on the eve of a very painful execution, where would your anxiety meter be, right? On a scale of one to 10, if 10 was like the, the very highest, right? Uh, wouldn't you be, at least I think we would be, right? Like at 100 on that anxiety meter. But did Peter seem worried in this story? No, he didn't seem worried at all, did he? In fact, the Bible says that he was sound asleep in the depths of the prison. Now, in this situation, if you put yourself in Peter's shoes, maybe you have been in Peter's shoes where there's been some uh, really difficult, horrible experience that you've been going through, right? But anyway, let's put yourself in Peter's shoes for a moment. Would you be able to sleep if you knew that the very next morning uh, you were going to die? After all, Peter had been told several times to stop preaching and teaching about Jesus. He'd even been imprisoned. He'd been beaten because he refused to stop preaching about Jesus, uh, telling people about uh, the Prince of Peace. Had Peter always been this way? Had Peter always been uh, somebody who uh, possessed this, this peace and uh, this courage? Not hardly. Peter's the one that, uh, if you remember, if you've heard any stories about, about Peter, you might remember this one, that Peter is the one that one stormy night on the Sea of Galilee, uh, he, was one of the, he was the one that got out of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But then all of a sudden he took his eyes off of Jesus. He looked around and he saw the wind and he saw the waves and he said, people can't walk on water, right? And what happened? He began to sink. And of course, Jesus rescued him up out of the water. On the night before Jesus was crucified, it was Peter who denied Jesus, knowing Jesus three times, even uh, called down curses on himself uh, because he denied knowing who Jesus is. So what happened to uh, Peter that caused this drastic transformation in his life? Where did this courage, this peace, uh, this in dire situations, where did it come from? Well, I believe that Peter would say it came from uh, his treks into the forest <laughs> or his collection of serenity uh, crystals or his meditation rituals. I talked to a guy the other day that said when he's uptight, his, his method for, for, for gaining peace is turning up his stereo and screaming as loud as he can. That's, he just kind of heard on... Uh, on social media that that seems to relieve stress, right? 
Now, walks in the woods are great, don't get me wrong. But I think Peter would say, ultimately, that his transformation came through the resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus was the one that the prophets in the Old Testament foretold and called the Prince of Peace, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. And throughout Jesus' ministry, he promised to give rest to those who came to him. Uh, year, several years ago, we were, uh, we were uh, church planting missionaries in Taiwan, and we called our church Come Christian Church because of Matthew 11 and verse 28, where Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus left his peace with his followers uh, before he ascended to the Father. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Then he goes on to tell them in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, he says, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Wow. You see, peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of Jesus Christ in our life. Mm. So now that we know where peace comes from, let's ask the question, where does peace focus our attention? Where does peace focus our attention? Uh, upward or outward? Is it upward or outward? Outward. Here's this huge problem, right? Here's this huge problem that I'm dealing with. Or upward. I'm not alone here in this prison and it's well with my soul. So here's Peter in prison on the eve of his execution. And the question is, was he alone? You see, stress will separate, seem to separate us, and anxiety seeks to distance us from everyone, even God, because we feel like it's a burden that, that sometimes we feel like we got to bear all by ourselves, right? We feel alone. Or maybe we're even angry with God because we believe that following Jesus means that we're going to be free from suffering. That's, not just, that's just not what Jesus promised, is it? Do you think Peter felt alone or angry? I don't think so. He was sound asleep. And we say, how is that even possible? Why? How could he do that? Well, listen to Galatians 5.25, which is right near our Fruit of the Spirit uh, verses. Since we live by the Spirit, the Apostle Paul says, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Peter's not alone because the Holy Spirit is with him, in him, and manifests peace in his heart. No matter what the world throws at Peter, Peter's what I call an eternal optimist. Yeah, an eternal optimist. To navigate a polarized world, right, Peter's focus wasn't on the world's pressures outward, but rather upward on the source of peace on his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. He knew from experience that the only way to keep from drowning in the storms of life that we all face was to keep his eyes fixed on Jesus. 
And the peace in his heart through the Spirit keeps us focused on the path that we're on through the Holy Spirit. And that path is heavenward. You see, the Holy Spirit in our hearts, the Bible says, is the deposit guaranteeing what is to come. The Holy Spirit is our deposit from God guaranteeing what is to come. You see, Peter's an eternal optimist and would echo what the Apostle Paul said elsewhere where he said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And then he said again, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So you see, peace reminds us that we're not alone and makes us an eternal optimist, keeping our attention focused upward uh, in the direction of the Holy Spirit rather than outward on all those pressures and all the problems uh, that we're going to face in this life. Okay, number three. How do you keep peace? How do you keep peace? This world is going to try its hardest to rob you of your peace. King Herod would want Peter fretting over the current political predicament that he found himself in. You see, King Herod would want to be himself the center of, it, of Peter's attention. But did it work? <laughs> not in the least. Well, why not? Well, what was the church doing while Peter was incarcerated in chains in the prison? Did they storm the prison? I think King Herod thought that they might, and that's why he posted four uh, squads of soldiers. But no, the church was gathered together uh, from house to house. And so uh, the church, the Bible says in, in, in Acts 12, verse 5, uh, the church was earnestly praying to God for him, for Peter. Now, why were they doing that? Well, it's because there's power in prayer. You know, the rose that we have on Sunday mornings in our auditorium, in our worship space, they're great and they're important. But you know what I find equally important? That's the circles. And what are the circles? The circles are small group gatherings where we can share our burdens and we can share our hurts and we can ask people to pray for us and others can ask us to pray for them. So my question for you is, uh, are you in one of those circles where you have a group of people that you know you can depend on to pray for you in situations that, that we face? And since you're watching online, I encourage you to reach out to the staff and, and, and they're willing to pray for you as well. But circles are so important. And Peter had a circle of people that were praying for him in the midst of the prison. Now, how many of you, and again, raise your hand, how many of you from personal experience would say that there's a connection between prayer and peace? Raise your hand. That's right. Do you know prayer is, prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is the motion of releasing a burden, all right? The, 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 the motion of releasing the burden into the hands of a loving father with the result being a heart at peace. 
You ever thought about that? Prayer is the motion of releasing a burden to the Lord, to giving it to Him. Now, the danger is, is that we'll want to take it back, right? But when you pray about something, you're releasing a burden into the hands of a loving Father, with the result being a heart at peace. And so after this incident, Peter went on to say, cast all your anxiety on Him. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Now, does this, does this mean that, that, that our prayers are always going to be answered the way that we expect that they should be? No, no, not at all. But I'm sure that as the church prayed for Peter, they were praying for, uh, they were praying for a miraculous outcome. And you know what? God answered that prayer exactly the way they had been praying. Now, it's not always going to happen that way. I'm sure they prayed for James, the Apostle James, but instead he became the first apostle who was martyred. It's enough for us, though, to know that God cares for us and he cares for you. All right? So that's how we keep peace. Uh, one of the priorities is prayer, right? Number four, what does peace produce? All right, what does peace produce? You know, there's a saying that says, if you can keep your head, uh, if you can keep your wits about you uh, when everyone else is losing theirs, then you don't understand the situation. Have you ever heard that? If you can keep your head in a situation and everybody else is losing theirs, then you just don't understand the situation. I'd like to push back on that a little bit. How about because uh, you're an eternal optimist, you understand the situation better than most everyone else, and so people are going to notice. People will notice. And I believe that's what needs to happen today. As anxieties abound, the peace of Christ needs to abound more and more. Now, Peter didn't stop preaching and teaching after his miraculous escape from prison. In fact, it actually emboldened him. You see, peace is a powerful thing. Peace is priceless. Peace lived out produces more and more followers of Jesus. And it's still emboldening us today uh, as his example, the Apostle Peter's example of peace amidst the pressures that surround us. Now, here's where I get in trouble. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, sweetheart, if you're going to watch this, my wife, Brenda, if she watches this. But we moved out here. Let me just share a little bit of our story. We moved out here from Detroit uh, less than two years ago uh, in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, schools were all online, and except for uh, students with special needs, and they were still going to school. Um, and so there was a great shortage, there was a great need for substitute teachers and what they call uh, parapros uh, in the classrooms of these special needs students. Now, Brenda, uh, my wife, if you haven't met her, she's awesome. She has a real get her done kind of attitude. She's a country girl, uh, just an awesome upbringing. And her background is teaching, her background's education. So uh, even though we didn't know anyone, at the time, Brenda thought that she could make a difference uh, in the midst of this difficult situation by volunteering or substitute teaching in these classes 
uh, was special needs students. Well, after just a few months of vol volunteering and substitute teaching in these classrooms, people began to take notice of her. There was something different about Brenda. And uh, she was always, you know, smiling. She was always loving on these kids. And no matter the chaos in the classroom, she was always calm and, and her demeanor was just different than uh, most people. And the other teachers began to notice that difference. There, there was something special about uh, my wife, Brenda. Shortly after that, just a few months after that, the position of office manager for Auburn Riverside High School uh, came open. And there were teachers who urgently uh, encouraged her to, to apply for that position. And though there were several others that were also interviewed for that position, uh, I can say that my wife has been rocking that office manager position since a year ago, April now. And I walked down the, the, the halls of Auburn Riverside High School because she asked me to come in and sub when, when she's desperate, only when she's desperate. <laughs> but anyway, I'll be walking down the hall and, and one of the staff will stop me and they'll say, uh, are, 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 you, are you Brenda's husband? <laughs> and I'll say, yeah, I am. And they call me uh, Mr. Brenda in the school. <laughs> and I love that because uh, they say that my wife in that office, even through the stress of the pandemic, has brought a very calming influence uh, to that office, and I love that. You see, what a difference, peace in your heart. What a difference the fruit of the Spirit will make in a, in a world that's full of, of chaos and sometimes heartache. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will inherit uh, so, excuse me, for they will be called the children of God. So how do we make peace? How do you make peace? How does Brenda do it at, at Auburn Riverside High School? It's through her actions and through her interactions, through her smile and through her calm in the midst of chaos. You see, what, she do, what she's doing is she's sowing seeds of peace in that school, much like a, a, a farmer sows seeds of corn or beans or wheat. What are we promised to see if we sow seeds of peace? James chapter 3 and verse 18 says, Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Don't you love that? If there's anything that we can take from this message this morning, it's that our communities need peacemakers. We need to be sowing seeds of peace now more than ever. The peace of Christ is meant to be shared. Shared with those who haven't experienced it yet. First by our example, by our actions, and then maybe by our message of who Jesus is, the true Prince of Peace. So, now that we know where peace comes from, we know where it focuses our attention, right? We know how to keep peace and what peace will produce in our community. As we conclude this message, I'm wondering how the Holy Spirit is prompting your heart right now. Maybe you've not yet made the Prince of Peace your Lord and Savior. I can personally testify that he is waiting for you. He's knocking on the door of your very heart right now. So please reach out to us. We'd love to talk 
to you and help you take next steps with Jesus. If your life has just been full of chaos and heartache lately, you've been uh, stressed out. Better than screaming is reaching out to the staff here and they can help you take next steps and find peace in Christ. Or maybe you've already made Jesus Christ Lord, but you've been blindsided by all the issues and all the anxieties of the last couple of years, and these have left you feeling uh, alone. Alone. Guess what? We were never meant to carry our burdens alone. Jesus was the one that instituted the church. And we need people uh, around us. We need people praying for us. We need to, maybe you need to re-invite the Holy Spirit to take the lead in your life. And rem rem remember that prayer is the act of releasing a burden and giving it over to the Lord and then not taking it back. Maybe you know someone who's desperate, desperately needing to know Jesus but you've been fearful to sow those seeds of peace. Now more than ever, now more than ever, you know it's time to step up and sow those seeds of peace. A few months ago, Brenda and I were talking about all the challenges that our schools are facing right now. It's hard being a student these days, it really is. And this was even before the shootings and, and all of that. And we could worry about all of this. We could seek to blame uh, certain, uh, certain things in our society, our fractured society, and uh, the things that are messed up, and we could blame the political climate, or we could pray about it. Well, we chose to pray about it. We prayed and we felt that like the Lord was leading us to be a part of the solution in the high school where Brenda um, is the office manager. And so we started a Young Life Club there. And it's something that we had never, never done before. Uh, and it was scary. <laughs> I, yes, it was. Was it overwhelming? It kind of felt that way. But it was our turn to bridge the generation gap. And we were able before the end of the school year, uh, just last week, we were able to host uh, our third Young Life Club at, at the school. And it was really cool because we had 20 kids that showed up for a, a pancake and pajama party. And yes, they heard a message about Jesus. You see, if we're faithful to sow seeds of peace, He will raise a harvest of righteousness. So what decision is the Lord prompting you to make today? Yes, truly, peace is priceless, isn't it? And we need it to navigate this polarized world. So let me pray for you as we close. Our Father and our God in heaven, we come before you knowing that uh, Jesus is the only answer for this world that uh, seems to be in chaos and is polarized. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And so, Father, we come before you and we, we pray that uh, you'll give us, Father, through your Holy Spirit, uh, that you'll give us this priceless peace. 
that we can take it out and we can make a difference with, uh, with the Holy Spirit guiding us. We can make a difference uh, where we live and where we work and where we play. Father, may people see a difference in us. And that difference is Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit and that peace through the Prince of Peace. And Father, it's in his name we pray. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. Thanks for joining the Rainier View Christian Church Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to be notified for all future episodes. Be sure to connect with us on socials at Rainier View CC and find out more about us at rainierview.org.